What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode 370. My name is Steve, one of the co-hosts, and uh, as always, I'm joined by Ron and John. Do you guys get excited I... when we roll over into a new digit, like when we go from 69 to 70? Like you get sure, a little charge, yeah, a little charge fun, out of that. Yeah. Like you know, I think I get excited when we just go to the next number. Oh, just the next number. Uh, <laughs> you just, get a charge every like, week. <laughs> you just get another episode. You know, I think that's a good yeah. step. Uh, but yes, start? you're right. You're right, John. Like it's a nice clean going up in the tens, and then we go to the hundreds. You know, it's fun. Well, the other thing is, I think this is the getting to 370 is a mark of maturity that we made it through episode 369, and we didn't make any 69 jokes. No one said up top, my brother, or anything like that. So I just at least not that we at, at least not that you kept it in the episode. Oh, I, there were 20 of them that I edited out. Yeah. <laughs> we tried to get 69 references in there, but we didn't. We, make we actually high fived 69 times. It took a, took a while. That's what but, it was. Yeah. Um, um, all right. Let's get into this. This week's uh, required viewing. Ronald, you picked it last week. You want to remind everybody what you chose and we'll, we'll kind of go through it. Yeah. Um. A 2013 Guy Ritchie, 2013, a 2023 Guy Ritchie movie. Ronald Sleepy, we, everyone should Fortune. know. We're, yeah, we're all tired. We're all tired, but Ronald yeah. might be the tiredest of, of us all, because I at least I'm had like a 20-minute nap. Pretty tired. Uh, anyway, didn't my, baby, 2023. My, baby, my baby wakes up with these like weird sessions. <laughs> I, I think that her nightmare is about blocks. Like she's trying to put the blocks away and they just keep coming and coming and coming and replenishing and replenishing and she can't put them all away that's what i imagine that she has nightmares about i used to think that with with henry like what are his little baby what when he's having a <laughs> un, the... unrestful sleep what is it yeah and i would think yeah. like it's something like that or it's like snacks that are just out of reach and there's no grown-up hand yeah, reaching in like... to to hand them to you yeah it's crazy <laughs> speaking of snack that can't be reached Guy Ritchie's 2023 movie. <laughs> that was a Fortune great segue. Very hard to find. Very hard to find. Oh, like yeah. It, good point. You know, it it kind of been announced and disappeared for a little bit. Didn't know what happened to it. And then it wound up in the theater. So I, I, I was super interested. We're all a fan of one, at least one of Guy Ritchie's movies. So what did you think about the 2023 espionage movie <laughs> operation fortune uh I'll, I'll start by just saying that i really liked it i mean i feel like we kind okay. of uh, mentioned it last week when you when you picked it but i feel like in most cases a lot of his like these action thriller espionage you know whatever you want to tag it with like when he's mm. kind of in that lane i feel like he's at least making an entertaining movie and it's mainly because the movies move fast and he always kind of has a nice uh assembly of actors actresses that either are regulars that he started to use or people that have you know at this point been in in, in multiple films of his um and, and in this case you know you have a, a cast that have you know a, a handful of them that have been in you know multiple movies of his you know with statham and hugh grant at this point and even um, uh, what's the dude's name? I think he was in a couple of the other movie too. Um, who plays Josh the Hartnett. sniper? Who wasn't Josh Hartnett in, in another Guy, Guy Ritchie movie too? Uh, he may have been. I was thinking about the other guy on Fortune's team, the the sniper guy. Um, I don't know the actor's name, but JJ was the character. M Muggs Bugsy Malone or something like that. I can't remember his name. But he wasn't. Uh, he's Josh only Hartnett been in like the, the, he's only been the, in like the, three movies, and it's like two of the three are Guy Ritchie movies. <laughs> See, mm -hmm. I didn't recognize him, no but one. definitely, I'm pretty sure Josh Hartnett was in that that L.A. wasn't there like Jason Statham, and it was like an L.A. armored truck movie. The, or yeah, Wrath, Wrath of Man, Wrath of Man, whatever. Wrath yeah, Josh Man. Hartnett was in that though. Yeah, he thought, was. That's right. That's and right. speaking of, he was he was really fun in this. I thought it was fun to see He's Josh great. Hartnett get to do some. But I don't know that I've seen him do like a comic riff on almost like almost like he was doing a riff on like a Brad Pitt sort of persona of like a likable alpha actor guy who just everybody seems to know who he is and, and who, but who's never been in this type of real life threatening situation. Right, it was, right. and, and they managed to do the both things, kind of the, the jokes about like, Oh, here's a guy who's out of his league impersonating. He does, he impersonates this guy for a living, but here he is actually being that guy and he's not, he can't do it, but he also right. had a couple of moves within the story. And, and even though this isn't the kind of movie that I don't think anyone's going to come out saying they just loved, I think that 
that one of the things that makes you like it, like you said, Steve, is that each character does kind of get a couple of moves. Like yeah. Hugh Grant, if you're a Hugh Grant fan, he's got a couple of moves in that. He gets to do something kind of fun. Um, Aubrey Plaza, um, I still don't think people quite 100% know how to write for her, but when it clicks, it clicks really well. The scenes where she's like trying to be funny within the context of the the character it usually yeah. is like cringy but when she's just doing the sort of femme fatale or sort of like es espionage stuff uh that you know you can do in this kind of story i thought she was really a solid member of that little team i mean this felt like yeah. a light fluffy movie you know i've seen movies recently that were much heavier in their approach to this kind of violence and this was like cartoon uh, almost what did you think ronald <clears throat> I thought it was okay. Um, kind of middle of the road for Guy Ritchie movies, but Guy Ritchie's middle of the road is a lot of people's excellent, which is, a, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, it's it's probably my least favorite one that I've seen in a while, even below the the night movie, um, King Arthur. I just, I just, it just something didn't click, and I was like, oh, this is why it was distributed the way it was. Like it. You know, you kind of get a feeling like there's a reason why they, why this is having a hard time coming to the States. It's not that it's bad, but it's like, it, it's not at the excellent level. It's just, it's, it's you know, very it's, middling. It's like, it's not even trying yeah. to be excellent. I mean, it's funny. It's in contrast to a movie we just saw, John Wick, uh, chapter four, where like each fight scene has this consideration given to it. And I think every fight scene in uh, Operation Fortune was like, we all know Jason Statham can kick ass, so let's just let's just have him go ching-chong, ching, -chong, ching -chong, like, skibbity-scabbity-do uh, on somebody. And then it was like, it was done. And it was like, I don't know that I quite saw a fight that made sense happen, you know what I mean? It, but, but I know that he kicked the guy's ass. And there were several moments right. that were like that where it felt like, it, I don't know, it just was an indication of the kind of what you're talking about, the middle of the road aspirations even of a movie like this. Yeah. For sure, for um, sure. But that doesn't mean it was bad. Like I, like I said, I, I got through it. I'm like, okay, this is a, this is a solid guy Ritchie movie. It's, you know, it does it seem was, like the kind of movie that will, like, you know, when it does come to video on demand or streaming. Yeah, yeah it does seem yeah. like it's kind of in that lane where, you know, it will find an, a much bigger audience and it's found yeah. than it has found so far in theaters. But yeah. because it does have, you know, the cast that people will recognize, and you know, like yeah. John said. Aubrey Plaza is kind of having a moment. She's in, you know, more than she's ever been in recently. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just think, yeah, just these kinds of movies, like, I don't know. It's probably the, the weaker of the three, I guess, in terms of like the gentleman and wrath of man. And now this, but like you said, Ronald, it, it's, it's like, even though I'd say maybe it's the weakest of those three, it's still, yeah, better than a lot of like this kind of movie. Oh, much better. That yeah. gets a, a release like this got, or you know, it it just has more to offer. I think, and like an important thing for me, especially recently, finding time to watch all this stuff, is like it moves quickly. It's not too long. You know, it's enough there to um to kind of get the story across. I do like uh, there's a scene like the kinds of things that happened in the movie where like it's not a it's not a perfect like action movie like no. there's a lot there's a lot of bumbling things that happen even though jason statham yeah. could kick anybody's ass it's like he makes he's like making mistakes you know that it. he's either not telling people or he went out the back door when she told him to come out the front see that or, stuff works great for me the sort yeah, of like, like banter about how everybody's kind of in that zone you're talking about steve yes th th that stuff worked great <clears throat> yeah like they're so great at their jobs but like everyone, especially him as the, you know, the guy uh, seems to be like just doing dumb stuff. Like he loses the 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 lawyer consigliere guy, you know, and like when he comes to, when he comes after him, he like pushes him off a building. So, you know, like <laughs> he's just like creating more problems for the group, even though he's so good at what he does. Well, that was one of the I, best I think gags, all that Steve, stuff works was where yeah. the guy falls and like we think with everyone, they're like, oh, that's not the guy we thought it was. And then here comes the guy they thought it was. And he basically dies in the same way. <laughs> <That's> the same <laughs> thing. That was a good gag. Uh, yeah. that, that, that guy, the guy who, the Bugsy Malone actor, I forget the name of the character in the movie, JJ or whatever you said it. Yeah. Like when he's like, that's not Ben. And then the guy falls, he's like, that's Ben. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> like, that's good. Like that's fun stuff. And it's got enough of that to kind of keep it moving. And I liked the little bromance between uh, Josh Hartnett and and Hugh uh, Grant. I thought that worked well too. too. It was one of the best. Again, because it was a comic conceit you could see coming, but it felt like it was part of the way the movie did kind of keep me guessing. Because I mean, I don't know. I guess I, you know, I'm sort of like maybe 
I kind of I'm leaning towards Steve in that I'm I'm coming out sort of saying I had fun watching this, but I know what you yeah. mean, Ronald, about like there were moments where I almost felt like I wasn't really watching a movie. Or or I, I honestly, after seeing John Wick chapter four, I've I've been kind of blown out and I watched John Wick three before that because I hadn't seen it before. So I've seen mm -hmm. like awesome, intense gunplay and action, like five and a half hours of it or whatever in the last <laughs> in the last couple of days. Yeah, yeah, so this sure. felt very much like like almost like low budget, like middle, like Definitely. like as though this is Guy Ritchie using his friend's yachts and just going to ports yeah. that he wants to go to and shooting it. It just it didn't feel like it was being that ambitious with how it was staging things or how the action played out. But it did keep me guessing enough in the storyline. And it's that kind of movie where they develop these characters with little in jokes that by the time it gets to the end, there's two or three little things to serve. You know, there's like the plot, then there's how the characters end up, and then there's the overall sort of tonal little whatever they're trying to juggle for this movie. And I think the, I think I would have come down against this movie much more negatively if it didn't seem to be so light. Like if it, if it seemed like it was taking itself seriously, I think a right. lot of the, the kind of not reaching for excellence would have bothered me. But as it is, it's, it's almost like the Adam Sandler movie version of a Guy Ritchie movie where it feels <laughs> like, Oh, these are people, like you said, Steve, some people who've worked together before and some people that are new that seem like they'd be fun to play with. And they've gone to some great locations and no one probably is complaining about their experience making this movie. I mean, I'm just imagining that maybe Guy Ritchie's horrible to work for, but this seems like it would be one of those fun shoots like it, it, it light and frothy so yeah it's yeah. I, I, you know the, if you look at the reviews for it critics have been pretty like the people who like it are saying yeah it's fun go see it and the people who hate it are saying like this is you know what guy Ritchie has lost it um i definitely don't agree with that second opinion but i do think it's kind of interesting that guy Ritchie is at this point now where as you've said steve and as you kind of indicated ronald he could kind of churn this type of movie out and never make a major movie again do you know what i mean never make right. a movie that right. really grabs people by the collar again yeah and, and that'd be a bummer because i do think the guy still has some style and some some of the ways this movie was put together and some of the humor and the you know the the, the way dialogue overlays like sometimes it's showing you a flash forward sometimes it's showing you a flashback i think that stuff is still kind of fun and creative and i don't know there's some structural things to enjoy but it does not feel like tightly wound like clockwork precision guy Ritchie. this definitely feels like the more relaxed kind of format <clears throat> Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would still recommend this movie. Uh, I, I think if it, if it's something that you're of interest in, you have interest in, you know, while it's in theaters, um, if not, I'm sure probably in the next couple of weeks or a month at probably most, it'll probably be on uh, a couple of different platforms for VOD. But, uh, yeah, I would just say one more time. I, I really, I mean, I miss Josh Hartnett. I used to be like obsessed with I him, miss him like, too, when man. he had a moment back in like the early 2000s, you know, I was really a big fan of his and kind of felt like he never really kind of got out of a certain lane that Hollywood had kind of put him in, like, especially in that Pearl Harbor time of his career. Yeah. Um, it's like they wanted he, to make him boring and and then he kind of, yeah, became boring. just like very bland and like just that leading man. But I don't know. It just, I'm glad to see. You know he's got a he's got a role in Oppenheimer coming out this summer. He's got this. He's got a couple of other things lined up that seem a little different. So um, yeah, I'm just happy to see him in this. And yeah, I thought he was great in it. Um, yeah. Anything else you guys want to add uh, to Operation Fortune? Um, I guess there's not. I mean, I think we mentioned all the people that are notable in it, and the yeah, you yeah. I think people kind of know at this point if they're on board for a middle of the road Guy Ritchie spy comedy <laughs> thriller or whatever we yeah. want to call this. Um, sure. But yeah, um, so that's now your turn, Steve. Right for the next required viewing. What are you gonna What are you gonna say? Yeah, so mine is also going to be uh, a newer film that uh, came out this actually this year officially. This is a movie that I heard uh, out of some of the festivals last year that finally got a release. And and my main reason for picking it um, is mainly because, well, I heard good things about the movie in general, but uh, I'm always in line to try to support any movie that our boy Jonathan Tucker is in. Um, so he has a movie that came out on video on demand recently called Palm Trees and Power Lines that okay. um, was supposed to be very good. A couple of critics that I really respect and follow were kind of raving about it last year. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like an interesting movie. It's a drama. It's on video on demand right now, like I said. Um, to give you the synopsis uh, per IMDb, 
A disconnected teenage girl enters a relationship with a man twice her age. She sees him as the solution to all her problems, but his intentions are not what they seem. And um, I think Jonathan might be the guy. <laughs> but, I mean, well, I've got to say, when we'll I hear see. that situation, his intentions sound pretty bad already. So if his intentions yeah. are not what they seem, does that mean maybe they're not bad? Or does that mean we're supposed to the think opposite he's... of bad? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Well, even the description has got twists in it. Um, no, that's interesting. You know, obviously, I'm sure that he's done nothing but sit around and listen to the show since he appeared on it uh, a couple of years. That back, was so. that was my assumption. So yeah, I just so figured Jonathan... I'd just sit around and wait for him to have this yeah. movie come out. Yeah. <laughs> Good, good job. he's also got uh on a side note i just saw an ad on twitter today uh i think it's a blumhouse podcast production for iHeartRadio. it's called mm. like the montawak tapes or something it's it's some kind of like mystery thriller podcast series that he's uh in or leading so i think I i've know. seen that name and i had completely forgotten that i'd read something about that but, yeah, yeah i don't know i gotta i gotta track that podcast down but yeah i'm a yeah big fan of his so yeah palm trees and power lines i know you can get it on you know any of the the video on demand services i saw it on voodoo amazon all those places it's it's everywhere for a purchase or rent if you want to check it out but it came out this year everywhere um and we'll we'll talk about it uh next week cool that brings us to the main review for this week which i'm i'm glad that the two of you were able to go see this movie we're, we're kind of reviewing this a little early because the embargo is lifted this movie actually doesn't come out till next week, but um, I say we get out there, get ahead of it, and you guys just tell us uh, all what you thought of John Wick Chapter 4. Ronald. Uh, um, I loved it. I loved it okay. from start to finish. Uh, it is a lot of movie. It is two hours, 47 minutes of John Wick. So, you know, if if you're down for action from pretty much the beginning to the end. And and it feels like they're trying to they, they did definitely did this in ascending order of crazy. You know, um yeah. there's some set pieces that are just beautiful. And you know, the fact that they kind of embrace even parody what Keanu Reeves is kind of in this movie, this kind of one word answer sort of person mm-hmm. uh is really interesting. And I kind of loved it. And the last thing I'll say is maybe this feels like more than any other John Wick, a very specific love letter to a couple of stars that are in the movie. Um, please see the movie as soon as you can, because it really is a, a bunch of stuff that they don't tell you in the trailer that probably will be revealed later on. Relationships yeah. with people, lengths right. of time that people are in the movie. Be careful. Be careful. And that's something I don't want to spoil at all. But yeah, really I like that it. idea, Ronald. Let's have let's do th- this one. Let's do it uh, the way we did Scream Six, completely spoiler free, yeah. until we can come back and have a little bit more of a conversation with Steve, maybe about it. But just as far for as sure, like sure. the general feelings, um, I'm, I mean, I'm going to mention some people in the movie, but I'm not going to talk maybe oh, about yeah, what they get to yeah, do in yeah. it. But I mean, this is, the, I mean, Donnie Yen is so fun to watch in this thing. Oh, um, yeah, and it's like he's you blind know, again he's blind again and the way but the way they use that the visual texture of the way they use his his way of of, of finding his way around and like showing the tip of his cane and he'll be like running it along the wall and you're you're following it i mean it's that okay let's just i guess we're getting into talking about donnie and talking about the cane talking about these things we're talking about a little bit i I just realized his character's name is kane and he carries a cane for some reason the category cane with the cane yeah Yeah, i didn't think about that um (laughs) Um, I guess these are pretty simple films in terms of how characters are named and stuff. So it's like, otherwise he would have been yeah, blind yeah. fighter or something. So I guess it's good that he got right, a name that's right, right, actually right. Kane. But um, I mean, th- these movies are, this, this is the precision I was talking about that you don't get in something uh, like, like Operation Fortune. This is where each sequence is envisioned as a set piece. And sometimes almost to the extent that it's too far. I mean, this movie is long. This movie is closing in on three hours. I think there's a power that it gains by being that epic in length that I can see why they went for it. I do still think there's a version of this movie that could have been closer to two hours that would have been just as good. But I also understand that there's this weird thing happening with the John Wick series. These are like a huge event tentpole release uh, when they come out now. And it's it's Keanu Reeves and uh, I'm going to screw up the guy's name what's his name chad uh 
Sahelski. Um, it's like, this is the thing where they go off and they brainstorm and they cook up the kind of movie they want to do and they bring in the kind of people they can bring in. I mean, you're getting Donnie Yen. You're at the point where you're like, well, who can we have him fight with in this movie? And it's like, it's Donnie Yen. And it reminds me of yeah. how like in, in John Wick 3, there's that scene where he fights the tall guy in the library. And, yeah. and it's yeah. meant to be a reference, I believe, to kind of throw back to, uh, I think it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar that Bruce Lee fought in a movie. Like, mm. they're thinking about that sort of thing. Like, placing these movies in the kind of history of a certain kind of not action movie. You could say martial arts, but let's just call them like fight movies, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and 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 the fights are long, you know, and it is a little bludgeoning. I remember towards the end of John Wick three, which is only two hours and 10 minutes long, feeling like, man, that's a lot of headshots that I just listened to. That's a lot of like loud noises, re re repetitive noises. But there is something that gains like it has an effect on you. You feel a little beat up maybe by the end of these movies. And maybe that's kind of part of the fun. But I also think it's just. This guy started out as a stunt coordinator or a stuntman, right? Chad, uh, Chad S. Uh, he was actually, uh, I think, the famously Brad Pitt's stunt double in uh, Fight Club. And and was he or was he not the guy who worked with Keanu on the Matrix films too? Was he that, was that as well? Uh, okay, so here's a guy who's been part of the absolute best example of like precision action photography, fight photography, and I just think these movies are approached with so much love and passion that even like. Even like uh, drone shots of a city at night will kind of have your jaw drop a little bit because of the it's a bold. It's like the the blacks are black and the colors are bright and the the movement is constant. And and it does exhaust you maybe by the time you get. To, I would have loved if this movie had an intermission. I mean, I really think it could have had like a five minute intermission with some soft music or something in the middle. Yeah, it sure. would have felt like it was part of the humor of the movie almost to do that. But I don't know. It's built up its own little mythology. There's a part of my soul that believes that John Wick, the first one, will always be the the perfect jewel because it didn't go so far and it, it was more grounded in character and it felt more like a guy going up against some bad guys. But when they made John Wick 2, they said, OK, OK, we did that movie. Right. Now let's do a, a video game where Keanu Reeves goes through environments and and kills people. <laughs> and sure. And it. It, I don't know. There's something beautiful about it getting bigger and longer and more bloated each time. Like, so the fact that this movie is the longest one and has the most fight sequences in it and the most crazy, like, running gags. And wouldn't you say, Ronald, too, the most humor, maybe, of any of these movies? There's a lot of humor yeah, that comes from sure. that. You know, the way Indiana Jones or Harrison Ford can get humor out of just being a normal guy, Bruce Willis, like normal guy who gets hurt when he's fighting. Like there's a lot of humor involved yeah. in that. Oh, God, yeah. I got to keep doing this. Keanu, Keanu Reeves has started to play that a bit, like in between fights. He he has this like catching his breath and do I have to do this again kind of thing. And there's one moment towards the end that had the whole theater rolling in the aisles. And I couldn't explain why it was funny, so I won't spoil it. But you know the part I'm talking about, Ronald. It's just oh yeah, where it's like they're using the idea of action in all directions it it almost becomes a slapstick movie in some ways that some of the humor comes from extreme things that are done to the human body and a couple of like pratfalls that are just epic so i mean i think again this is another thing where you're either on board for it or not but as someone who still yearns for the simplicity of john wick the first one i really admire what they've done with this franchise and so i don't know where whether i would just say unequivocal i loved it i do think that it can it's very i do think it's exhausting and i don't know that that's not part of it so i don't know that i'm dinging it by saying that this at the end of this movie you won't want to see another fight scene you'll be glad right. that it's over um and i also think that it'll be interesting to hear the conversation when this movie's over how people feel about like you know there's talk now of of prequels and and uh spinoffs and this is a this is becoming that kind of franchise now. So it's interesting to think of like what John Wick four means as like, this is the central, this is the one that you, this is what brought people in. So yeah. if they do try to splinter off at this point, I, I don't know. I think this movie might mark a turning point in the kind of what we think of as the John Wick franchise, you know, just to clarify real quick, I just looked it up. I, I was wrong. So Chad was the stunt double for Keanu and matrix and also for Brandon Lee and the crow. Mm. Um, oh, but wow. David Leach, his you know he's done some he's a part of the john wick franchise too and they co-run uh 87 11 productions but david was uh brad pitt's stunt double um and david's a director as well he did uh i think he actually did one of the john wick films and he did like bullet train he did one of the fast movies um but yeah the two of them are like legendary stuntmen especially in the last couple of decades and the fact that they're a part of you know this franchise which is kind of like uh arguably the new blueprint for you know what 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 you can get out of a really well uh, choreographed 
and execute its action film. I mean, mm-hmm. like having not seen this one, you know, just my feelings, like I was telling you guys like when I started seeing some of the early word on it, like, you know, this is definitely one of my favorite action franchises, period. Not even just recent ones. I just think that they're, the, the quality is there so far, the three that I've seen. You know, in different ways, like John was explaining. Yeah, they're just they're so exciting to watch, and 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 the fact that Keanu is is really the you know the guy that makes it even better, just because like everybody loves Keanu Reeves, and you know, and he just he's just great, and I think he's great as the character. So I mean, I just think that what they've been able to accomplish with this franchise is just. It's phenomenal, honestly. Like the the, yeah, the scale, yeah. the scale that you guys are describing, that they've kind of ramped up as they've went along. If you compare it to what John Wick was in terms of budgets and expectations and things like that, this has become like Lionsgate, Lionsgate's like cash cow. Like this is the pride of Lionsgate currently, yeah. and that's why what they're doing, what John just mentioned, which is, you know, they're having the Continental spinoff, they're having the ballerina spinoff they're having, you know, and whatever else is to come, depending on how those do. But I mean, these are huge properties and from, you know, the word that you guys have already said and what I've heard from some other people who have seen it, like it just, th- th- there's no way this one fails. It just seems like, and it's special, it's, man. yeah, it seems like it. This one's okay. doing something a little different. Like I said, the, the homage to, so like you talk about stunt double. So they hired, one that was like a stunt double turned action star in Scott Atkins. Yeah, Scott, Scott Atkins. Atkins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably seen him in a ton of things. He was in It yeah. Man 4, yeah. Avengement, which is a special bloody movie. If you want to see something that feels like nothing and John Wick kind of combined, Avengement is it. And Accident Man 1 and 2, those are his, his ones. You mean that nobody kinda... or is there a movie called Nothing? Uh, yeah, maybe I'm thinking about Nothing. No, no, I'm was just saying, I thinking I, nobody. I didn't know. I, honestly, I wasn't. I wasn't correcting you. I no, really just no, no. Know. What, was, what, what was I saying? What was I? Maybe nobody. Oh man, I'm tired of shit. Okay. Uh, Either way, it's it's one of it's yeah, something yeah. he's associated with. But you've never yeah, seen him like yes. this. I guarantee you've not. No, you've never seen Scott. No, you've never like seen him this. like this. He's 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 doing something really cool. Uh, Shamir Anderson, who is in Stowaway and Apple TV's Invasion. Man, it's it's like. He he's asking something of these at the, the the whole thing is asking something of these action stars that you don't get to see very often. It's like this range of emotion that you kind of really didn't see in the previous ones, especially with the villains, especially with people that are kind of moving around that are supposed to be like opposing forces to John Wick. So it's they took their time with this one, man, and um, yeah, it feels special. It feels really special. Well, it's like it's it's cool, and it's it's it makes it. I mean, it it makes it one of those franchises where you look at and go, okay, yeah, this is really pretty consistent in terms of quality. But it also yeah. seems to know that it can't keep doing the same thing over and over again, and that's why this one 100%. feeling a little different does feel like it adds to the kind of specialness of it. But when they do they, what they've done is kind of do a little bit more of a globe trotting John Wick story, but they've added it into uh, a a million fights type movie and so you get both sort of textures you're right you do you do spend time go- hopping from character to character and place to place a little bit more there's a little bit more going on in that way um What's your and also i think set? they realize they can't they can't keep just saying there's another level above this group they can't just keep no, saying no, no. and this movie manages to find a way to stop just adding a layer above the layer of saying okay this is still the same authority we've been dealing with but now we're seeing a different set of rules or a different kind of combat what were you about to say <clears throat> favorite set piece right which is your favorite location that they had before before we you know i'm gonna I, I hope i don't forget one I'm, i'll think for a second why don't you why don't you say what yours is i mean it's some it's an emotional connection uh the arc the triumph uh i had a really emotional experience there uh, and it had to do with how busy it was. It's a super random thing. Uh, but the but movie uses time. that for comedy and action. The fact yeah, that they're in the yeah. middle of this roundabout. <clears throat> so, so, the, so one time I I was there and I took a picture of the arc, and you know it's it's busy, man. It's it's hard to process the circle that's happening. And so I posted it, and my dad called me, and he's like, "It this looks like Ben Hur," and I was like, "Yeah, it does. It's like cars, and they're not." hitting each other there's like this beautiful poetry of them weaving in and out of each other i don't know how they do it i don't know how i don't know how they make the agreement that hey i'm 
turning out of the circle. Please don't destroy my car. But it works somehow. You're making me want to see it again. You're make, like you you talking about that sequence is making me want to be watching it's, that sequence. That's the kind of movie this is where it's Steve, like so it's, immersive. It is the craziest scene. I've never seen anything shot like it. I've never seen and Keanu's just feels really good in it. Like it feels like it doesn't feel like he's out of his element. It feels like something that like how the fuck like he it may it may have been a thing where he tried to put it in all the movies and he's like can we do the uh, something with cars? And they're like, no. Can we do something with cars? No. Well, we well, got the budget now. Can we do something with cars? And he's like, yeah, let's do it in Paris. He's like a teddy bear that people love, right? Like people love yes. Keanu Reeves. And yes, yet yes. he you, know, you watch a movie like this and you recognize he's also a guy who is not fucking around. Like all those martial arts moves and all the training he mm-hmm. must go through and the tuning. He's, I mean, as a person who's similar in age to Keanu, I can tell you, I couldn't do a fraction of the things that he's doing in this movie, even if <laughs> he's showing his age in ways that make the character kind of more interesting. He's always had this kind yeah. of funny little run, like a stiff run or something. You know, the kind of like bow-legged or oh, something. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like it, he's got like a yeah. he's got like a like a wobble to yeah. his run, right? Yeah. But it, it, yeah. it adds to that Harrison Ford, Bruce Willis human effect. But in this, it really oh, seems sure. like, and I noticed it in the third one too. It seems like he's carrying his side a little bit when he's run, but it helps this character because it's like here's a guy who gets up from a fight and has to run and knows that when he gets to the next place, it's probably going to be another fight. But if he doesn't <laughs> yeah. run, it's going to be a fight right now. So it's like he's got to decide when to run and when to fight, and when to hide, and when to call somebody. And he's running out of people to call. Um, I just think that is a the you know it's what we're saying like the physicality of the way he plays an action scene like that uh, Ronald it reminds me of how Tom Cruise's action physicality is part of the humor of the Mission yeah. Impossible movies because we know sure. that he's in his mid fifties or older and it's like we know that he's pushing it and we know that he's like he doesn't have to stop and look at the camera and say I'm getting too old for this we feel yeah. it and it makes those the the run is funny the the jumps are funny you know there's just something about it and when I say funny I too I just mean there's something kind of human and endearing about it I'll say my favorite yeah. sequence since you mentioned the the roundabout um the, the stairs I mean those stairs oh my or God. the steps let's call them steps I guess they're outdoors yeah, so I'll yeah. say the steps there's a lot of steps there's a big fight Steve that happens on this outdoor like a park that's like in a city that's just a huge like one yeah. set of steps followed by and it's just yeah. they they use every possible like it makes it like a video game where you're climbing up it's like Tonky Kong meets you know the three stooges <laughs> meets uh, <laughs> yeah. John Wick um but people I just, materialize from everywhere they're like I know people coming out of the side people yeah I think I saw like a behind the scenes of that of that oh sequence and it's not like he makes oh. it to the top and gets to stay at the top it's a constant two right. steps forward one step back kind of uh, kind of yeah, progression yeah. and you as the audience are feeling the sense that when he gets to the top we know the movies that we know that there's something climactic that can happen up there and so it does feel like it's exactly the point in one of these movies where you'll be getting tired of the movie if it's not working because you're like why are they postponing the fight we know has to happen you know because yeah, there's yeah. a fight that we know has sure. to happen that hasn't happened yet <sighs> um and this movie's got you like it maybe maybe if you've gotten a little tired before this these action scenes we're talking about they re-energize you and they happen right after another that i heard somewhere yeah. that there's like 14 set pieces in this movie and i didn't count them but i don't doubt it jesus wow so i see this movie yeah okay good good i plan to uh put you, to, to put you to put you to put you both in the spot uh rank the john wick movies mm. from your favorite down just give me the numbers four, three, two, one, whatever it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, first, uh, uh, least to most. No, favorite to least. Fav- favorite to least. One, four, two, three. Okay. I haven't seen two recently enough, but I agree with your. I, I would have one, four, <laughs> and then two or three. I don't know. It would be. It yeah. could be flipped. I don't know. It's not, or, none of them. Not, I don't dislike any of them, but I do think that I, after seeing three, I was a little worried that, oh man, am I going to be able to enjoy watching that with 40 more minutes? Because three exhausted me. I do think four was a better paced or had more narrative th- or something. I don't know, whatever it was that mm-hmm. made me not feel that way. Maybe it was just sitting in a theater and seeing it huge. But yeah, I think one, four, three, two, or, or one, four, two, three. I don't know, but yeah. one of those. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. No problem. No problem. All right, cool. Well, we'll we'll talk a little bit more yeah. about it maybe next week cool. if I have a chance. Well, actually, probably the week after because I don't think we have any more screenings for it. So uh, I'll try to check it out opening weekend. Um, okay. What else? What else? What else? What else do we see? Um, well, I know 
two of us checked out Cocaine Bear. Yes. Cocaine Bear. Like I was, I, I felt pretty good last week when I made the statement that I felt like it was going to be out uh, the following yes, Tuesday. You were right. Ones of Man. I know. You I feel right. like I have universal. I got their number. Like I know when they're going to drop these things. Um, right but yeah, so Cocaine Bear is out on VOD. If you uh, haven't seen that, it's still in theaters doing really well. Yeah. Um, this is a, another big hit for Universal. Uh, John, what did you think of Cocaine Bear? Um, it's better than Snakes on a Plane. I would. Yeah, that's true. That's a good statement. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's the Snakes on a Plane. Because that was when people were excited about Cocaine Bear. I wanted to say to them, do you not remember Snakes on a Plane? And yeah, when I saw a bunch of that, young yeah. kids being excited about Cocaine Bear, I said to them, listen, youngins, there was once a movie called Snakes on a Plane where it's like the name, the poster, the concept had us all going. This is going to be fun. And then it was it was an attempt to generate a cult classic. And those almost never quite click yeah. you know um i think it's got more going on than that i think it's got there's some humor there's some legit gore there's some fun performances it's by no means of what i would call like a great or or good movie but it's entertaining and it's like it is the fun version of what i thought it would be like I, do you know what i mean steve it's like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like when i saw that trailer i thought oh that's either going to be this good or this bad <laughs> that's kind of a, and it's and it's it's more in the good direction it was kind of fun and entertaining and i do think that the if you look at who's in it and you're saying wow look at all the people they got that you do get a look there people get some fun things to play um within their realm and uh and yeah i think it's i don't i mean i don't know i really don't know what to say about it except that it's it's better than the than the kind of boring a cult movie on purpose that it could have been it actually has something going for it but it is still weird and you know has things that don't work and seems to be trying to make you like have moments of heart that don't quite click but i don't know if this movie's not kind of making fun of that whole idea of like having moments that have heart in them you know like you just don't know like the the, the cute precocious kids in this they're a little too yeah. adorable that almost feels like it's part of the joke but it's also it's sort of grating by the time the movie's over um but you know, a local favorite, a uh, friend of friends. I don't know if you know Scott Sice, but I know people who are who are close with him. But he's a local stand-up comic that right. had a big hit with those retail reaction uh, uh, TikTok videos that he shared. Yeah, Kia ones. Yeah, um, it's so he's proud of him, man. He, he's great in it. I mean, he's he's the right kind of. If if I was him, I would be like, man, I'm so glad I got to play this kind of character in this kind of movie at this point in my career because it's like yeah. a great that guy moment uh, for Scott Sice, and he makes the most of it. I think, Steve. What did you think of of him or any of the other oh, kind of small comic? No, roles? no, he's great in it. Yeah, and I'm yeah, I, I don't, I don't think there's anything I, the characters that you see show up in the movie that you know you you would recognize. I think are all just kind of there to have fun. I mean, I think yeah. that's the I. I I think that's the the nicest thing to say is that I feel like everybody that's a part of this movie is just kind of in on how kind of fun and silly the intention is behind right. the movie. And I think kind of leaning into the R rating and the gore and like, you know, the, the enjoyment of uh, tearing limbs off of uh, people um, and, and, and kind of somehow loosely basing this around an actual event that happened. Right. Uh, it's just kind of like a no brainer. And I think that for the studio, for people that were involved, I, I, I still, I still feel like I don't, I don't know how I, I don't think I really enjoy Elizabeth Banks as a, as a director. I was thinking um, the same thing. I don't quite think I agree with her. It There's stands some out quality it's, control or something yes. that that slips in some spots that that's crucial. And I feel like we've said that like, like a few times. We've seen some of her recent uh, films that she's directed, but all, all to say, like the the expectation and the reality of what this movie is, is it's pretty much there in terms of yeah. wh where I thought it was going to be. I, I thought it was pretty fun. I think it's probably worth checking out just for the, it, it, it is one of the ones that's kind of like, kind of like Megan did earlier for universal as well. Like it kind of got into the zeitgeist a bit. I mean, geez, I mean like cocaine bear was at the Oscars, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that, it's that level of awareness that people know what cocaine bear is. And uh, Megan's the perfect comparison, Steve, because yeah, it's also not a great movie, but you yeah. can't say it didn't do what it came to do. You know, it's like, exactly what you think it is, right? right? Like it's 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 right in that, it's right in that lane where like you, I can't really say like, is it a great movie? No, but I don't. I didn't expect it to be. You know, I didn't think it was going to be. I thought right. it would be very much the same experience and feelings that I had watching it. It, it, it a lot of those like '80s kind of campy movies like this. Like it's it's right in that in in that feeling. Um, yeah, and it's it's just yeah, it's kind of wild like how successful it is, and um, mm. yeah, because I was reading that like the budget was only like thirty million dollars, and the 
majority of it went towards FX work for oh, the yeah. bear. And it's like made, purely CG, it, right? It's made, yeah, it's all she, CG. She's and, yeah, and I think it's like, at the time of recording this, I want to say it's over 70 million worldwide already. So, I mean, that's before it even touches VOD. And again, the kind of movie that will probably be very successful uh, on digital platforms. Well, I mean, when I was watching it, I was kind of cramming to watch it. And so I didn't like announce it to the family so that I could watch it with them. And Nikki came in and saw that I was watching it. It was like, Oh, I wanted to see this. And she doesn't care about that. kind yeah, of thing. And yeah. she had that, like, I was curious about this, you know, yeah. and there was a little bit of, Oh, wait, it took her a while to realize, Oh, that's Han Solo. You know, the little things <laughs> like that. But he was very funny in that. I thought, yeah, I, yeah. and um, who else was funny? Uh, uh, well, Scott Sice, we already mentioned. Um, uh, is it, is it uh, Isaiah Whitlock? Is that that actor's name? Oh, uh, uh, I uh, no, it's uh, Ice Cube's son, right? No, I'm talking about um, oh, oh, Isaiah Roy Willock Jr. Yeah, 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 the guy who oh. the cop. Yeah, that was on the oh, wire. The cop? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Isaiah Whitlock Jr. He doesn't get to say shit in this one, but he no. does. But he, but he, but I mean, it's he's doing his thing, and he it 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 kept reminding me of different kinds of movies that have this sort of oh, I'm you're surprised at how brutal. It is because it does have the sheen of like an Elizabeth Banks kind of middle of the road movie. You're not expecting it to be as the body count to be quite as high as it is and for there to be quite as much gore. Um, but I think that's the kind of chemistry that might make it an interesting watch for people is just how much it, it wants you to care a little bit about these goofy characters. And then it has somebody's leg gets ripped off and thrown at them. Right. You know? <laughs> it's like there, there there is something kind of interesting about that but i do think maybe a director with more style could have made this movie really work as opposed to mm. just kind of just kind of come together and the other thing too ronald is it makes you feel for the bear like the bear is unquestionably the hero of this piece like whenever the like you feel bad for the bear you don't want anything bad as bad as this bear is being you never want anything bad to happen to this bear because every time they show it it's just acting like an animal you know it doesn't know it doesn't know it's on yeah. a killing spree it's just trying to get more of that more of that powder <clears throat> <laughs> a funny thing that came up i i was listening to an a podcast interview with radio silence and they were being interviewed about scream six and um they were talking about you know their relationship with samara weaving and you know her involvement in that movie and i didn't realize that they were initially supposed to make cocaine bear they were attached to cocaine bear um mainly because samara her husband wrote the film Chris Warden, who also wrote the babysitter movies that she's in that over at Netflix. But, but it was interesting because they said that they got knew that name from, but that makes sense. Yeah. He, so they, they were attached to this and were developing it. And then scream 2022 came along and they had to leave the project, but they're like really close with Samar and her husband. That's, you know, and she's in scream six. Um, But I thought that was interesting because you mentioned maybe in the hands of a different filmmaker or, or filmmakers. Oh, wow. I, I feel like radio silence actually is a fucking amazing. That would have been a great pairing for a movie like this. I think I would have loved to seen the, the version of this movie that they made. Um, I just think that they're like perfectly in line with what this movie is. And, you know, maybe would have been a little better in certain ways, but I, don't know, I thought that was really interesting that like yeah. I had, I had no idea they were attached. Um, I wonder if they were at any point, I mean, I wonder if that is an indicate. Like we're saying, this movie has more gore than you might think. Like, I wonder if that's like a like. Yeah, I, maybe it just yeah. seems like if it was built from the ground up as an Elizabeth Banks project, it maybe it wouldn't feel so much like a legit sort of bear slasher movie, which is kind of what it is. Yeah, right, it is. That's a good way of saying it. But I would check it out. I mean, it's fun. It's it's again, it's yeah, much like. Uh, you know, earlier mentioning like Operation Fortune, like it's 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 a, it's a fun, entertaining. It's not nothing special, but it's it's fun and it's entertaining. You know, so um, and a cool cast. Lots lots of people pop up for a moment or two here and there. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what else? Anything else you guys want to mention, Ronald? Did you see anything else? I just wanted to briefly talk about The Last of Us. I finished it. Oh, okay. Um, it's just really good. I, I, yeah, you know, I've I've enjoyed it. I know that a lot of people have seen like The Walking Dead and make comparisons, but this this doesn't feel like it's even on the same planet as it. But that's that's me. I mean, I I wasn't a huge walk Walking Dead. Kind of missed me. I watched the first uh, three seasons. I read about a hundred fifty of the comics. Um. So I, you know, I was into it, but 
this this hits me on a different level. I think that they tackled this dynamic that I'm that I'm really very fascinated by. That you know the the broken man who who seeks redemption through a a, a cool vulgar very vulgar little kid with all yeah. the heart in the world, you know, and the full circle moments that they've had the little Easter eggs like Marlene being played by the you know or not going to spoil anything this season. Yeah, but in the final Easter episode egg. there's a big there's a big uh cameo for game one. fans if you if you dig into huge it a little one. bit, yeah. So. Um yeah, so you know, things like that on top of it just being good. Uh you know, and I understand that like it splits the room, man, cuz like it, it it really takes its time to tell the stories a lot of times. And especially for, you know, episodic TV, that could be a little weird. It, you know, it's a different pacing that I'm used to. Um, but if you give it a chance, uh, it could be a, a, the saddest thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and uh, and maybe that's the, the whole point of it. But also through the sadness, you realize that there's a beauty in just being alive at any given time, you know? Um, well, I don't love I don't love Walking Dead and never have, but I am one of those people who feels like Last of Us is not this revolutionary thing on a storytelling level that a lot of people have said that it is. However, what makes it special and what makes it watchable and powerful in the way that you're saying is the thing that sets it apart from other stories like it that we've seen. And that's that relationship that you referred to. And so, even more so, so the performances of Bella Ramsey and uh, and Pedro Pascal, which is like, I mean, it, it's like there's so much going on between those two characters and those two actors are pulling it off so well that there's like pivotal moments in the season that even if I wasn't enjoying the episode that much watching it, because it is sort of depressing and slow paced, like you said, but I always ended up thinking about it. And like, even the finale, I was like, wow, this show is just kind of a downer vibe for me. But then I was all day the next day thinking about the, 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 um, the way the episode ended and this idea of the lies you tell someone to protect them and to Ooh. keep them safe. And then there's a lie told at the beginning of the same episode by a different person that it's like, there's a bookend there that is like really been blowing my mind. I, do, do you know what I'm talking about, Ronald? I, I guess. Be what's the beginning one? I know the end one. What's the, be um, what is the, beginning the, the well, I'll just say this. The does mother, it, does it have to do with something that somebody cuts? Yeah, the mother oh, lies the mother. about yeah. about something yes. to do with the yeah. with the baby. Yeah. That was and huge. and it's but I it's so that the baby. baby can live. It's like so that yeah. this other person will not kill the baby, basically, or leave yeah. the baby to die. Um, and then that lie opens the episode, and then at the end of the episode, we get another lie that's like told with good intentions, but also at the end of this season, the rupture has. I mean, I can only imagine what the ramifications are going to be of that last episode and what what one character did to save another and how that that's going to have impact. So yeah, I, I, I guess it makes me wonder if, if, if I would enjoy it more or less, if like, if there were more crazy zombie monster action or, mm. or if there were none at all, whether I would like that better than this kind of thing. But I think that's the one thing mm. that's missing for me is the sense of that as like this ongoing threat. I don't know if I felt that in the last few episodes of the season, like that it's this, like, that doesn't feel like it feels like it's pretty easy to stay away from the threat at this point, but I'm sure that, when when the story ramps up they're going to give us more insanity yeah. and i also think that taking a season to get to know these characters and their relationship is not the worst thing in the world to do so i'm not having this like love reaction overall with the show but i guess in a way i'm i'm as hooked as anyone because those two characters have really got me um and that's what the show is is those two basically i mean anyone they meet in seems the, like they're not going to be around for more than an episode or two <clears throat> in the video game i always felt like the humans were the worst people anyway they were, those are the people that kill you in the game like sure the zombies would chase you around but if you got cut you know what i mean it's like that 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 that's i think what i think the commentary is that right. humans i mean even in, the, in a place where people are turned into literal mindless monsters that humans still could be more cruel than these like <sighs> Yeah, just that we can never get on the same page, you know. Right. Well, that's the Walking Dead the thing too. Of like, you think you yeah, the zombies, yeah, you can yeah. kill them just by sticking a screwdriver into their yeah. head, but then you run into yeah. a new settlement of people, and they're what they're doing is much worse than anything you yeah. imagine. So evil, yeah. Man. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of like that, but yeah, you're right, man. They, 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 they do need to step into that. What'd I, think I, about I, I, I kind of, I, I loved it, um, in general, but like, I, I kind of felt like I enjoyed. Maybe because, like, I guess I, I, I too, kind of fell out of the Walking Dead 
at around season three. It's so boring. Um, it was such a boring show for me. I, I had to. I don't yeah, know when I quit, it, but it was around that time too. It, even at that point, I was like kind of hate watching it to yeah. see like what happens. Yeah, yeah. But then it was just like, yeah, I'm done. I thought but everybody yeah, no, was an I, asshole I, on the show. I, <laughs> there was anybody I, just, I liked. I just really enjoyed. I mean, like I, I didn't really personally feel a lack of, uh, you know monsters or whatever you want to call them like i didn't really feel the lack of it because i just kind of felt like um i felt like it was metered out nicely to the sense that like when you felt like they were like safe you know uh you know like something would pop up or like when a conflict between the humans were was coming to a crescendo especially like you know in kansas city like something bigger is actually what like kind of breaks it all again. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that's kind of what these, these creatures represent. Um, yeah. And, and it's also the kind of thing where like, and I, again, I'm, I don't know the game at all. So I'm only watching the show, but um, you know, I like the idea like that. This is something that's been in, impl- like, that's been happening for whatever it was like 20 years already. I love that choice. You know? I love that choice. So, you know, we, we've kind of bypassed a lot of the early days of, that we see a lot of times in those movies and in those moments, there's a lot more frenzy. There's a lot more chaos. There's a lot more of uncertainty of how to survive. So then we, we do see a lot of those creatures more frequently in those kinds of things, I feel like. So, you know, the idea that we're 20 years into this and there are clear hierarchies or organizations or like, you know, uh, us versus them mentalities uh, in these cities or these quarantine zones. I kind of like the idea that like these things just kind of still exist, you know, in your mind around any corner. But the reality is, is that maybe they aren't as prevalent as um, they were, you know, when this all started, you know, people dying off or turning into different phases of what these things become, uh, these creatures, you know, become. But I don't know. I, I thought the show was incredible. I really do think just across Anything else that was impressive of the show, it's really just the, the the two leads really just it's just another just HBO flex and like they just cast things perfectly. The production's great. You know, the show looks great. The writing is just phenomenal, I thought. Um, but yeah, Pedro and Bella just like are just amazing together. And it's like s- simple scenes where there's not a lot of dialogue, simple scenes where. You know, it's just a lot of like, you know, glances or just time spent with one another. And then you have moments where like you really get into these really well-written sequences. But I just think, uh, yeah, they've got a pretty big hit on their hands. And it's just another show that um, grew over its run in the the first season. And, you know, across all the linear, you know, linear and non-linear numbers that HBO has been releasing, like. Yeah, the finale was it, it, double the the audience of the of the first episode. They said right, and that, and in a lot of ways, that's like even that that's at like the the night of viewing. Um, mm-hmm. But like the, the the whatever that window they call it, it's like it's like something four window. I think it's four days after or fourteen days after. But they were saying some numbers basically kind of show that the show is actually bigger than the first season of House of the Dragon. Yeah, um, wow. which is crazy. I don't know if that's a long-term thing. I think House of the Dragon probably long-term becomes their big marquee show because of just the the story that it can do. But I mean, The Last of Us is a huge hit for HBO. Tons of people are watching it. Um, and yeah, I, I just think it's another feather in the cap that you know Pedro Pascal is is a star. Just about to say it's Pedro Pascal just, too having a moment. He's, he's the real deal, man. Star. I mean, he's presenting at the Oscars. He was great on SNL or SNL. Great. He was, you know, Mandalorian season three is out, which I'm behind on. But last of us, probably I'm I'm behind the one that came out today, but I've enjoyed the two that we've gotten. He just uh, and most importantly, he was on Hot Ones last week for those that that follow. People are talking about that, too. (laughs) That seems to be the mark of like when incredible when people love you already. It's like that's the thing you do that makes people say, all right, no, I I, I just. Yeah, like, yeah, I loved you, but now we're best friends. You know, it's like that's what that show does. Like it either makes you a best friend of somebody or not. But he's great on that. I'd go back and watch it if you guys haven't checked it out. And let's also talk um, about just briefly, like he's a guy who was around doing cameos and small roles and stuff forever before ever. he got like the recognition that he got. And even that was slow because he was on Game of Thrones and right. people, I think I already knew him from Narcos at that point, if I'm getting my timeline right. Or maybe I don't think it was, so. I think, I think, I think, I don't think Narcos was 
before that season of Game of Thrones. Well, I'm trying to figure out what I knew him from then, because I know I recognized him when he was Man, on. I don't um... know. It's, it's, it's close, maybe, but I'm pretty sure when he popped up on Game of Thrones, that was like, uh, holy shit, who's this guy? Now I, now I want to know what he did before, just because I'm very curious. Well, as, as he was we on everything. Recently, I'm looking at a ton of things he cameoed on, so it could have been just that I just recognized him from whatever he was. Well, on. recently he's gone. A little clip has gone viral that he was on a, an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right? No, I yes. know. I, I that, definitely that, didn't that recognize him so from good. that, but but I, I I remember that episode, but I didn't remember him from it. No, it looks like he was in several things that I watched before that. But I mean, it was just around that time where I remember us when Narcos, we were talking about it, talking about like, who's this guy who has this like classic leading man energy and he's so cool yeah. and he's like yeah. the Han Solo of this piece. You just really want to watch him more. And he had the right, I don't know, just the, there was something to that guy um, that... Uh, yeah, now it's just in full flower, and 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 someone's he said something about he's just drawn to those roles where he he's working with like it's about him caring for another character. People have said, "What is this coincidence?" You know, between right. the the Mando kind of lone wolf and cub story and the the father daughter vibe that's going on Last of Us, and he said he thinks he's just drawn to that that idea of a character that they have somebody that they care for or some stakes that are outside of themselves. You know. Um, so I don't know. He's he's having like that maximum dad moment <laughs> that people love <laughs> yeah. to people love to like, you know, I don't know. It just seems like he's having that. And it's, it's cool to see an actor that you've been kind of following for a little bit get to that level where now he's like he's a name, you know. You love sure. to see it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see what he has, like how this kind of rolls into whatever the next phase of his career is because like he had that nick cage movie this year that kind of was very well reviewed and i thought was actually pretty good he was great in it mm -hmm. the un unbearable weight of whatever it's called um, he's funny in it too like he gets yeah i don't know point. like i just don't I, i'm curious what he has coming up next beyond you know more uh you know of the of the ip that he's already a part of but um love love some pedro pascal for sure but well, I want to mention something that I saw that I think you saw as well, Steve, that we both uh, enjoyed, but you mentioned really loving. But I think Women Talking is an incredible movie. And you said you wish you had seen it when it was, you know, late last I year, was, because it definitely yeah. would have made your list. I no just doubt. echo that completely. I don't know where it would have been, but definitely top five for the year if I had sure. seen uh, Women Talking in time. What, it's what one a, of those things where it's just it. like there, there was like no way to see it, you know, and it's like it finally becomes available right around the Oscars. And it's like, OK, I'm going to try to watch this. Just so I, you know, because it was a front runner for adapted screenplay. Um, and I was just like, man, I got to I got to get this movie. And, you know, I'd heard a lot of good things about it. I really like Sarah Polly as a filmmaker. Um, She's great. She's really smart. But yeah, I, I wasn't prepared for it, honestly. Like, I didn't really I didn't really know that. I mean, I knew the story that the movie was telling, but I guess I just wasn't prepared for like the emotional uh, impact it had on me. Like, no, I same, did not. Same expect to be like crying multiple times during this movie oh wow um, we just pulled in for like it's 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 such an unusual type of story it's kind of like a play you know it's people right, talking right. it literally is people women talking but it's got right. the storyline is so engrossing and when it does go out of that that they're like in a they're having like these conferences or debates i guess in this yeah. farmhouse and it's like when you leave that space you it's it's for good reason most of the action is just the conversation between these different characters about what right. to do about their right. situation and yeah i agree with you steve it was so relevant and every time they got to some new little pocket of debate it was like oh this is how they're going to get that idea in here yep. there were certain yep. things that like they have characters saying things like you know every point where they get a new a new a new wrinkle in their debate it, it it's another way that this movie addresses so much like that's going on in our culture and going on in our world and like the history of everything is kind of like critiqued in this movie in this strange way yeah. um and i just think that it's it's amazing to see something like that and yeah it's just one fantastic actress uh after another if you look at this list it kind of cannibalized itself i think like I, it's kind of weird that there wasn't more acknowledgement for the performances in the movie yeah but it's yeah. just yeah there's so many really good actresses that are all just really good claire and foy is excellent uh, uh I, yeah i would Waters say if any of them if, if i thought any of them would like really kind of rise i thought claire foy would probably be the one i mean she i did i saw it after the nominations obviously but i had heard that she was probably the one that might get something but yeah it's kind of got overlooked at a lot of those uh award shows um, I also thought Ben uh, Ben Wishaw was really good in it oh, too. Like, yeah, you almost don't want to single him out because he's I don't. The one I, I can't met, help it. I don't. I but don't, he was I incredible. 
But I mean, even the movie makes you feel like even the movie doesn't want to single him out too much because it is about the women. But whenever they give his character a little moment, it's so well earned. And he's like the perfect actor to play that role, I think, as far as the the way he relates to the women. Um, uh, Yeah, I I really like him. And uh, that I watched the series that he had earlier this year or late last year that this is going to hurt. I don't know if any of you watched that. Mm -mm. Um, Oops. You haven't seen it? Okay, yeah. It, I, I forget where, which, it's on AMC Plus, I think. Um, it's like takes place in like a labor ward. But um, oh, I've heard about this. He is incredible in it. And I just, I've always liked him. And then I watched this and I'm just like, yes, everybody in this movie is incredible, including him. But like mm-hmm. the last 10, 15 minutes of the movie, I was just like, I was, I was a wreck, man. I was not emotionally ready for this movie and it because, because completely you, works you don't know exactly what you want to have i mean you know what you want to happen in general but you don't right. know what you want to happen for specific there's a few specific characters that you don't know what you wish for them kind of you right, know right, right um and i said jesse waters i don't know why i said that that's that awful uh i think that's like a terrible uh pundit of some sort but i jesse buckley was who's yeah, yeah, yeah. Was awesome in this um but yeah no you're, you're right it, it it does gain power as it goes along but it's also like an hour and 40 minutes i mean i, I think it is a brisk interesting yeah, movie yeah. i hate to call it like a thriller or something but it almost has the energy of a thriller it is where you're just, it is tense you're just, yeah you're just hanging on every word and each line each each scene adds to your understanding of the situation um it's really expertly crafted and it's written by sarah polly from a book right Man. but i mean it's like yeah. it's written and yeah. directed by her I mean, yeah she's just i mean if you and if you hear her in interviews too she's just got such an intellectual approach to these things but it's never lacking in emotional power um yeah and it never feels stilted it never feels like these characters are mouthpieces for for like important thoughts you need to get across they all feel like real people having real thoughts do you know what i mean steve like definitely absolutely no it's it all feels very genuine and yeah and it won an oscar sunday so i mean just just you know at least it got some acknowledgement there and it was nice to see her up there accepting an oscar um but yeah, that's that's out on video on demand too. You know, this is again an opportunity to catch up on some stuff that we we miss. But I watched that movie and like about an hour into it, I was like, "Son of a bitch, I should have watched this. This would make my list." Yeah. And then by the end of it, I'm like, "Not only would it make my list, it would for sure." Like I told you guys, it would be in my top five, no question. Yeah. Mm, like okay. it's that it's that good. I mean, and I've been telling everybody about it that that I you know since I've seen it, just because it's like, man. I wish more people talked about it because I just feel like it didn't get that attention that it needed. God, it's so well crafted. It's even photographed yeah. really beautifully. It's like gorgeous. There's a couple of little cutaway moments, little quick scenes, like the last moment in the movie is just a quick little cutaway moment that's just hits you like yeah. a ton of bricks, but it's yeah, it's gorgeous. You're right. Yeah, definitely recommend for sure that one. Um I think that's it, guys. Anything else you want to mention? I mean, I guess next week maybe we'll talk about some some Ted Lasso and and uh Maybe we could talk a little more about Scream because I I saw Scream. Oh, let's do that. But 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 give it some time. You know, we'll talk some spoilers next week. More people, more people may see it uh, this weekend. But let that air out a little bit. Um, And I'm trying to see Creed three too, man. I got to get to the movies, guys. My movie pass rolled over. I got all these points. Congrats. And I got none of the minutes to go use them. Um, Yes. Points hard. We got to talk about our experience with it. Yeah, if you I'm, I'm anxious week. to use it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try. <laughs> Oddly enough, I was like looking at it to go see Creed three, possibly uh, this weekend. And like the past few days, I've been watching it. And it's really uh, weird. And I saw this on the Reddit forum and I mentioned the Reddit forum for movie pass to you guys because it's 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 a laugh factory. Mm-hmm. But basically, like I'm noticing that certain movies at the theater by me. I don't know if AMC is selectively doing this. It's only showing one showtime for certain movies like certain new mm. movies like creed 3 there's one showtime for the last three days and it's at 3 15 hmm. there's no nighttime shows nothing what so i don't know if it's a glitch or if i just need to go to the theater and buy a ticket to another movie and just like go see creed 3 or what but it's like i own the reddit forum there's a lot of people posting that like certain chains are like somehow taking the showtimes out of the app, like out of the feed oh my or, God. or, or they're stopping the cards from working. Um, the cause it's a MasterCard, like they're blocking MasterCard. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't know, but I hope it doesn't go sideways like it did before. Cause I haven't yet to use it, but Same. I'm excited to try it for the first time and see what happens. <laughs> Have you uh, tried it yet, John? 
No, I, I, I'm in the same boat. I saw my points roll over as well. So we all have yeah, the same number so of points. We've all got lots of points, guys. We've all got the full 68, the full complement. Yeah, that's it, baby. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, all right. So let's wrap this up. Movieshmovie.com is the website. You can go there to subscribe to the podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. Links are all over that page. You can also just listen to all the episodes there if you want. If you prefer the visual experience, and when I say visual experience, guys, I'm talking top-notch look at that wow. I, I was just about to joke whoa, about how undynamic whoa. ronald has been visually this week but he did something he just <laughs> he, he just, just went stole nuts, the show guys. So. you guys gotta <laughs> find the video youtube.com slash movie movie podcast if you if you want to know what we just referenced and you've already listened to this audio podcast this jump in 3D. go right into roughly like the 50 minute marker or something like that and you're yeah. in for a treat um <laughs> uh and if you do go to the, the youtube please if you can subscribe you know hit that button so you get notifications uh, when the videos drop new episodes of the podcast every friday and the video shortly after and before ronald falls asleep on this literally falls out of the frame <laughs> i want to just let everybody know that as always you've made our day thanks bye